Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Lydia Brown Ministries, where we have a conversation about faith and bringing revival to your life. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Brown Raphael, and I am so honored that you have taken the time to join me today. I am really looking forward to this week because we are wrapping up our series on 10 things every young minister should know. And it has just been so great to share this time with you over these past few weeks and to allow the Holy Spirit to bring out the things that He wants to bring out right now. Because God, He is just so good and He has so many good things in store for all of us. And it's not just our young people that I believe have been blessed from this series, but I believe it's going to be a blessing to people of all ages that just have a heart to do something for the Lord and to be used by Him, to be His servant, to be the one that He uses in the earth. And so I just want you to know how much I have enjoyed our time together. And last week we covered three points on the 10 things Uh, every young minister should know. And this week, we're going to be covering the last three of the 10. And so to do a quick recap here, the number one thing is you need to love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. He has to be number one. That relationship with God has to be the most important thing in your life. And love others as you love yourself. Number two is make the Word of God the final authority. Amen. It has to be the final authority in your life. And number three is surround yourself with men and women of God that you can trust to learn from and pour into your life. Number four is be teachable. Number five, guard your heart. Six is trust God. And number seven, be led by the Holy Spirit. Oh, that is such an important one for all of us. And so today, I want to start with number eight, which is let the Lord build your house. This is such a good one. You know, our spiritual uh, father, Jeff Taylor, has always told me, Lydia, don't ever forget, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain that build it. And it's so true. In uh, Psalms 127.1, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen stays awake in vain. Wow. That is just a mouthful right there. And really, truly, it takes the pressure off. 
for us as ministers who think we've got to make it happen or we have to strive to bring it to pass or we got to push and, you know, all of these things that we have good intentions. We want to do something great for God. We want to be used mightily of God. We want to, you know, we want to serve Him and we want to please Him and we want to get the message that's changed our life out to other people. Well, the thing is, is that if God builds the house, all you have to do is obey His instructions. You don't have to get out there and make anything happen. You don't have to push yourself. You don't have to, uh, you know, push even, you know, unintentionally, maybe other people. Uh, You just have to obey and you take the pressure off. You follow his leading and you obey his instructions. Because see, if God isn't in it, then you don't want it anyways, right? If God isn't the one that is that is in this thing, that, that that's asking you to do this, you don't want anything to do with it. And so the pressure isn't on you to make anything happen because God doesn't push. See, he he leads. He leads you with peace. He is the good shepherd. You know, you shall not want. Just like Psalms 23 says that he makes you to lie down in green pastures and he leads you beside still waters. Peace and the voice of God always go hand in hand. And so he doesn't push you. You know, you feel that push and that pressure on you. I remember uh, as a young girl listening to Brother Jesse Duplantis one time. I love Brother Jesse. And he said that one time when he was done ministering, a young man came up to him and said, Brother Jesse, I've got a word for you. And he said, okay, young man, let me hear it. And um, I'm sure you can go and, and look it up and, and hear the exact word. But uh, to the best of my knowledge, paraphrasing here, what the young man told him in a nutshell was you are running, um, you know, for the Lord, you're serving him, um, you know, you're you, with, with everything that's in you, you're getting the message of, of this salvation message out. And the devil, he, you know, he, he's, he can't stop you. You're, you know, you're, you're running and you're on fire and you're obeying, um, you know, the call of God to go and, and, and to preach this gospel to the world, which is a good thing, right? But he said that the enemy would get from behind him and would push him. And Brother Jesse said that that was true because what the enemy was doing was saying, Jesse, you can't sleep. People are dying and going to hell and you're sleeping. Jesse, you got to get up. You got to go. You got to preach. He said sometimes he was preaching multiple services a day. And then he would go home and he was having health issues from stress in his life and exhaustion and, and just being tired from preaching. And I love Brother Jesse so much. He is a true evangelist, isn't he? He has evangelized this world and won so many people to the kingdom of God that love Jesus now because of him. And um, he's just such a gift to the body of Christ. But I'm so grateful that he was willing to share that wisdom with us um, that are coming up in God, that want to work for the Lord, that, hey, you know what? 
um, you're not called to save the world. You're just called to go and preach the message as the Lord leads you and what He tells you to do. You know, the devil, he'll try to push you and he'll try to put pressure on you. But the Holy Spirit always leads you. Amen. So sometimes it might not even be that what you're doing is a bad thing. It just might be too much of it or it might not be what God wants you to do right then. Or, but So it's important that we let the Lord build our house. Our job is to say yes. Amen. And then whenever we say yes to the Lord, all we have to do is obey what He asks us to do. And it's up to God to build it. It's up to God to bring it to pass. It's up to God to cause this thing to prosper. Amen. And so number nine, this is going to be such a a power-packed one here because I feel like it's something that every young person definitely needs to know is um, be courageous. I want you to be a person of courage. No matter if you're a young man, if you're a young woman, no matter what age you are, I want you to be courageous. Do not be intimidated no matter what age you are. Because, see, God told Jeremiah to speak what he said without fear. And you know what? I want to read that. It's in Jeremiah chapter 1. And starting in verse 4, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, this is Jeremiah talking back to God. He said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. This is so good. God is calling a young person and he's saying, I have put a word on the inside of you for the world and I want you to go speak it and to not be afraid. And so I'm telling you, young person that's listening to me right now, that you've got a word burning on the inside of you, but part of you is intimidated or you're nervous or you're fearful to step out. I'm telling you, you be courageous. The God that was with Jeremiah is the God that will be with you. And whenever you speak what he tells you to do, and when he, when you speak what he tells you to say, and you do what he tells you to do, all of heaven backs you. Hallelujah. Heavenly host and angels back you. Hallelujah. God himself will back you. And see, yes, you want to be led by the Holy Spirit and you don't want to miss God. But sometimes, well-meaningly, you might step out in faith to say or do something. And you know what? Maybe you do miss it. But if you miss it, that's okay. I remember Andrew Womack said one time, I was listening to him, and he said that he was having trouble making a decision and stepping out in faith to do something that he felt God was asking him to do. And he said the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, even if you miss it, 
I'll still bless the fact that you were stepping out in faith. I will bless that your heart was to do the right thing. And that's some of us have got to take the pressure off and realize there'll be times that you probably will miss it, that you don't get it all right, but that's all right. As long as your heart's in the right place and you're doing things in, the, in line with the Word of God, God, he, he, Holy Spirit, He'll reroute you. If, you. if a GPS can reroute you to your destination, the Holy Spirit definitely can. And so I'm reminded here that Jeremiah is going to speak what God tells him to speak, and he's commanded to not be fearful. And it reminds me of when the Apostle Paul told Timothy to set an example for other believers, even though he was a young man. And see, that takes courage, my friend. It says in 1 Timothy 4.12, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. So here Timothy is. He's being trained for the ministry. And and the Apostle Paul is telling him, Timothy, you set an example for the believers. You don't let anybody despise your youth. So I'm telling you, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, you don't let anyone despise your youth. Young man of God, young woman of God, you step out and you speak what God tells you to speak. And in closing here, I want to bring out number 10. Well, you know what? Before we do, I also wanted to mention on courage, you know, being courageous. One of the Yes, Holy Spirit. I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost. God is so good because, you know, He brought to my remembrance whenever Joshua, you know, God told Joshua to be courageous, right? So regardless of what anyone else around Joshua did, regardless of what anyone else around Joshua said, regardless of of what was happening, God told Joshua, be courageous. And it didn't matter if anyone else, you know, what was going to, was going to be courageous, was going to believe God. He was to obey the word of the Lord. Amen. And there were a lot of people in Joshua's company that were older than he was. And so here he is once again, a younger man compared to some of the people that were with him. And you know, God's telling Joshua to be to be courageous. And Joshua one nine, he told him, he said, "Have I not commanded you?" So this isn't just a suggestion. This isn't just such a good idea or something that would be you know nice to do. This is a command. He said, "Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good." courage. I want you that are listening to me right now to say it out loud. I am courageous. I am strong and I am of good courage. He said, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
in Joshua 1, 9. So just like God was with Joshua, my friend, God is going to be with you. And he wouldn't command you to be strong and of good courage if you, and to not be afraid or dismayed unless you had the ability to do it. And number 10 is be a faithful servant. So I want us to end this with a great parable from the Lord Jesus. He told us here, he said, um, whenever, you know, Zebedee's uh, mother, uh, the mother of Zebedee's sons, I mean, came to him with her two sons. Do you remember Do you remember that? How she came to the Lord, kneeling down before the Lord, uh, asking the Lord, let's actually, let's go. I want to read this to you here. It said that, um, then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking um, something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? And she said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and one on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Oh, this is so good. You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I'm about to drink and to be baptized uh, with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, we are able. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit uh, on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it is of it is for those for whom but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my father and when the 10 heard it they were greatly displeased with the two brothers but jesus called to himself and said you know that the rulers of the gentiles lord it over them and those who are great exercise over them Yet it shall not be so among you, but whosoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So here we see that Jesus is telling them that the most important thing that you could ever do is to be a faithful servant. That Jesus himself didn't even come to be served, but to serve. And see, you guys, we see here that, you know, um, humility is simply preferring others over yourself. It's saying, you know, I want to serve you. I want to prefer you above myself. God has just been so 
good to me. You know, that that's the way that they do it in heaven is they don't see heaven existing for their benefit. They say, the Lord has been so good to me. How can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I prefer you? Because no matter how small or how big the task we always want to be faithful because we learn here by by these words of Jesus and and by his example here that the greatest among everyone is the one who serves and so often we miss it so often we stop short of what God has asked us to do because we lose sight that you know in Matthew two twenty five and 1, it says, you know, his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And so many of us, God has asked us to be faithful over something that maybe to us seems small or to others might seem small or insignificant, but it really was a big deal to God because He wanted to see where was your heart? Where's your heart? Where Jesus, you know, He he was able that day to gauge where the intentions of, you know, um, this mother was and of of her sons were, (laughs) the, the other disciples. You know, and and he's telling them, you know, he said, hey, you guys, you know, whoever desires to be first among you, let, let him be a slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And this is the will of God. This is the way that heaven works, is that we be faithful to serve God and to serve other people. No matter no matter how big, no matter how small, we always want to be faithful to serve God because we learn from the Lord Jesus himself that the greatest among them all was he that serves. And so I want to encourage you that as you are working for the Lord and as you are, um, you know, running your race and as you are following his leading and as you are doing everything you know to do to fulfill his plans and purposes for your life, you always remember you serve. You be the one that serves. You be the one that prefers another. You be the one that loves your neighbor as yourself. You be the one that says, God, you can trust me. You can trust me with that task. You can trust me with that job. You can trust me because I'm going to be a faithful servant. Because one day you want to hear the Lord say, you know, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of of your Lord. Well, you guys, I'm telling you, it has just been such an honor to share with you these 10 things 
that every young minister should know. I believe that the Holy Spirit is preparing you to do something great, that you are a forerunner of the second coming of the Lord, that Jesus is coming soon, and you are a harvester. You're a revivalist. In these last days and time, you are the person, part of the people that God's pouring His Spirit out on all flesh. And I just want to encourage you to to take these 10 things and allow the Lord to teach you and show you and develop you and bless you. And I pray before we go today that He would bless you, that He would anoint you for His service and prepare you to do all that He's called you to do, and that you, as you go, would be protected, you would be favored, you would be full of joy and peace as you serve the Lord your God faithfully in this last day and time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Well, my friend, it has been so good to have this time with you today. And as always, if you ever need us, we are here, www.lydiabrown.org. You can reach out to us, and we would love to hear from you. If you have prayer requests, praise reports, testimonies, whatever, you get in touch with us. We want to hear from you. And until next time, this is Lydia Brown Raphael. And remember that Jesus is coming soon. Thank you for tuning into this week's podcast. This episode was brought to you by the partners of Lydia Brown Ministries. For more ways to connect with us or to sow into our ministry, please visit the links in the podcast description. 